Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Stephen, the first question, how did you come to know Mr. Villarroel, uh, which you call Mr. V, is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. So I ended up meeting him during my high school years uh, here in Fontana. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I just started to know him a little bit more better because uh, he would substitute my classes more frequently. And we just kind of built a small teacher-student relationship. And uh, from there, that's all I would remember from meeting him. All right. And how was he as a teacher to you and to other students? Uh, he was a very welcoming person, really nice. Uh, it'd make you feel like he was one of your family members uh, just because he'd ask you how your day was. Uh, you know, did you do your homework? Did you eat? And so just those little small details was, uh, would mean a lot to me. And I'm pretty sure uh, it count a lot on other people as well. So was he your substitute teacher? Is that correct? Yeah, he was my substitute teacher. All right. And did he substitute often? Uh, do you remember? Yeah, he would honestly be on campus at least four of the five days during the school week. And there'd be small moments throughout the week where you wouldn't see him. And so uh, essentially he'd be substituting around the district here in Fontana. And so, uh, but we'd see him a lot often on campus. All right. Well, how did you come to find out uh, that Mr. V was living, uh, eating and sleeping in his car? Uh, what, what happened there? Um, so ideally where I live, I live on the main street and mm-hmm. I have trouble with parking here. And so I would have to go around the corner, which is across the street from the senior center. And that's where I would see Mr. V under some solar panels in the parking lot. And it seemed kind of weird for me at first to see someone, uh, out and about like around five in the morning, because that's, that, that's the same time I would go to work. And so, um, as I, as the day went on, I saw him more frequently and, you know, it kind of made me feel odd. Like, you know, who, why is someone out there at five in the morning uh, going through their trunk and just moving things around? And so one day I just kind of, you know, paused there for a moment just to get like a better glance. Like, who is this guy? You know, uh, you know, I'm sure anybody would probably just, you know, stay there and just see what this guy's doing at this hour. Um, so uh, I kind of gave it a little bit more thought throughout the day. And it kind of just hit me at work. And I thought about him like, wait, uh, I kind of, I feel like I know him um, because of his, uh, his posture and the way he would move around. And that's when it hit me like, well, that's Mr. V. That's one of my substitute teachers from high school. And so uh, as soon as I got home from work, um, I ran a couple errands and I went out with my mom. And then as soon as we came back, uh, to where we live, I told her, hey, drop me off right here. And there you go talk to this guy. It's been a couple of weeks already. And this this was just, you know, going through my mind, like, should I go talk to him? Uh, what should I do? You know, I'm not sure if that's him. And so as soon as I made sure that was him, you know, I, I told myself, you have to go talk to him, you know, see what his situation is. And that's that's exactly what I did. Wow. And and I spoke to him. I'm like, hey, how are you? Um, you know, he seemed a little bit hesitant at first mm-hmm. uh, because as you can imagine, you know, you're living on the streets. You got to be aware of your surroundings at all times. And so, uh, yeah, I went up to him. I said, hey, how are you? Um, you probably don't remember me, uh, but you, you subbed my classes in high school and you eventually helped me pass the math test. And I remember you. And so, oh, OK. You know, that's when he remembered me like, oh, you, you were one of the students in Fontana. I'm like, yeah. And so I kind of just uh, gave a little bit of my background that way to kind of uh, refresh his mind a little bit. I'm sure he doesn't remember me, of course, because uh, since the two teachers go through so many students. So 
I asked about a situation and he told me, well, you know, since all the schools are closed because of the pandemic, uh, it pretty much left them on the streets with no job and no source of income. And so with that being said, he also had family in Mexico, which he would always constantly send them money. And that would kind of leave him in the state where he would have to really conserve his money really well just to kind of stay uh, up to... He'd have to conserve his money in a way where he'd have to survive to just make it around for the next week or two. And so that kind of touched me a bit uh, just because... I come, I come from a an immigrant. Uh, I'm a first generation student mm-hmm. and family person here, and that hit me the most because I know my family. Uh, they work hard and they always send money back to uh, other family members in Mexico to kind of help them get around. And so uh, that made me relate a lot and knew his. I I knew his intentions and how hard he he works. So um, he told me about that. I'm like, wow, and. I told him, so what, what's your plans? Like, I told him, what are your plans on doing, you know, for the next, uh, like, to get around? And he's like, well, I'm planning on moving back to Mexico with my family. And my wife is sick. And they're my priority right now since there's nothing going on right now here in the U.S. for me. I'm already old. I'm going to turn, I'm 76 is what he told me. Um, the following week when we surprised him, it was his birthday. He turned 77. So, wow. um, and so, yeah, he, he told me he wanted to go back to Mexico and just kind of, you know, make his way out there uh, and ch- just trying to make any source of income. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And yeah. uh, that's when I offered him $300 on the spot. I'm like, well, look, this money isn't going to, you know, obviously this is going to mean more to you and it's going to make a bigger impact to you than it is to me because I'm thankful for already having a roof on top of my head. I'm, th- I'm you know, I have a job. And that's all I could, you know, ever ask for. And so uh, I gave it to him right there on the spot. And he looked at me, he's like, are, are you sure? Do you want to give me, are you sure you want to give me this money? Because, you know, to him, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. No strings attached. This is for you. I want to make sure you're okay. And I'm, I'm going to try to help you get through this. And so uh, he looked at me and he smiled and, you know, gave me a hug. And, you know, we just talked out, talked it out for a little bit more. And, you know, that's when that's when I decided to to start everything. Well, and we'll get into that in a second. But before that, so you were his student a couple of years ago, right? I, I believe you already graduated. Is that correct? Yes, I graduated 2018. So uh, from my sophomore to, I believe, the beginning of my senior year is when I saw him. Okay. All right. And uh, how did that make you feel when you found out about a situation? I mean, I felt really gutted, honestly, because uh, for one, you know, you find a teacher on the streets, that's the last person you expect because, you know, some fair teacher or substitute teacher, um, you know, they should be, well, for me, in my opinion, they should be the ones that should be getting paid very good because they're the ones that are constantly molding and sacrificing their time for, you know, the youth and the younger people. That way they're successful in their futures. And so, um, yeah, I was, I was just distraught, sad that he was even in that position to start with. And so, um, yeah, just like any other person, if they would react that same way after finding out one of their teachers is on the street like that, I'd definitely start something or try to help them in a way. And do you know if he ever asked uh, anybody else for, for any help? Um, at that time, I didn't. Okay. Um, it was the day after um our interaction mm-hmm. uh, was when I took to social media. That's when I took to Twitter to make that whole post like, hey, well, I'm sure you guys have probably seen them around campus. And 
that's when I made my whole post like, well, look, he's on the streets. Um, you know, we're trying to get him back to how he was living before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of got everybody's attention. Like uh, alumni, current students, uh, teachers, they started like basically the whole community started to know and it was getting shared everywhere. And that's when I started to go fund me like, OK, uh, my original goal was to make five thousand dollars right there that night mm-hmm. just because I thought, well, you know, it might not get as much attention. It might just be, you know, within the community. Let's try to raise five thousand. Cool. Mm-hmm. And so overnight, we ended up making four thousand. And I woke up to that's what I woke up to Saturday morning. I'm like, whoa! Like I didn't expect it to, you know, be that much. Like let's raise the goal to ten thousand. Mm-hmm. And so uh, within like less than twenty four hours, uh, we managed to make eleven thousand by seven p.m. Saturday the next day. Wow! And that kind of just blew up even more. Uh, I had friends that kept telling me, hey, dude, you should make a TikTok. Maybe that would probably blow up a little bit more. Uh, that would definitely raise more um, donations around uh, social media. And so that, that's what I essentially did Saturday morning. Um, I went out to look for him uh, towards the parking lot by my house. I couldn't find him, so I could just kept driving around to, like, different parking lots, see if I could find him. And so essentially I was, I was going home just to take a small break, and he was right there around the corner from where I lived. And so... Um, I met up with him again, try to get his contact, you know, that way I wouldn't lose him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wanted to make sure this was a secret. And so at that point, when I went back to the parking lot, that's where I met his niece. Mm-hmm. And I kind of let her in on it. I'm like, hey, you know, I, I introduced myself. Uh, I let her in. I'm like, hey, look, this is what we're doing with, uh, this is what we're doing for your uncle. Um, right now, we've raised $4,000. And right now, I'm just trying to make sure, you know, he's okay. He's in a better state. And she couldn't believe it. She thought it was a prank, honestly. But, um, yeah, I let her know on what's going on. And then at that same moment was when I found out that his birthday was coming up on the upcoming Thursday, which is two days after my birthday, which (laughs) that kind of like, you know, like, whoa, like, this is kind of meant to be because. You know, ironically, we have the same birthday on the same week, and, you know, this is kind of forming up. So I'm like, well, okay, it's like now that's going to give me enough time to at least raise a decent amount of money, um, make this, not only that, make it a really good uh, birthday gift, and probably have a good celebration. And so, yeah, so I found out about that, and she ended up leaving. I uh, had a couple friends leave him, drop off some clothing, blankets, uh, some stuff for him. And then from there, I ended up taking him out to uh, Denny's mm-hmm. right there in Fontana. And so I kind of made the whole video about, you know, helping him out. And that's what kind of launched everything out there. And as of now, it has like 2.5 million views on TikTok. Wow. Um, it's gotten attention from all over the world. Uh, donations as far as England, France, Australia, uh, Germany, uh, just different countries, like different countries you could think of. We've had donations coming from like as far as like Antarctica, even wow. our, and people in Antarctica uh, donated, which is crazy <laughs> to me. Uh, the power of social media. So yeah, um, I'm I'm just really thankful for you know everybody coming together for this great cause and uh, helping me give you know helping me and giving me the opportunity to change uh, a great person's life uh, that obviously did so much for the community. How much did you wind up raising for Mr. B? Initially, I did the first GoFundMe, uh-huh. which we presented him the money for his birthday. And after that, since there's a huge demand and people still wanting to continue to donate, I made a secondary GoFundMe, which is called Keep Mr. V Moving Forward. 
and as of now, we've almost we're almost at our goal for that one to thirty thousand dollars on top of the twenty thousand. And so, um, as soon as we make our goal on that, you know, that's when uh, you know I'm gonna tell them, hey, look, we made another thirty thousand. <laughs> wow! So, wow! So the yeah, first one was so the first one was twenty, and now it's thirty, and you're about to meet the thirty. Is that correct? Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. So I also heard the mayor of Fontana and other students came out in support of Mr. V, you know, to present him with his gift. Tell us about that. What was that experience like? So, yeah, it was cool having the mayor uh, help me out, kind of organize this a little bit and kind of getting everybody together. Um, And I thought it was just a really cool experience seeing uh, how many students and people around the community uh, felt you know, like they need to come out like, hey, you know, it's good to see familiar faces out there, some faces that you haven't seen in years. And so I thought it was something really beautiful. Um, I was honestly in disbelief with the amount of people that came out. Um, I remember just pulling up there uh, to the parking lot where, you know, it all happened and just seeing this whole crowd of people. And at that point, I kind of just lost it. Uh, I, was, I was in tears, if I'm being honest. Uh, just because I left, I live right around the corner from that place. Mm-hmm. So I went home. I'm like, hey, guys, I'll be right back. Uh, I forgot something. Like, I didn't tell them I want to go cry. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I went home and, uh, you know, I, I cried a little bit just because, you know, this, this means a lot to me. And I'm, I'm happy that everything happened the way it did. And so, um, yeah, even when I went back and um, I saw Mr. V and saw his reaction to the people as he was getting out of his car, um, I, I completely, you know, lost it there too. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just happy, you know, I got to experience that with him and he's, he's now happier than, than ever, you know, um, he's no longer struggling. He's no longer in that state where he doesn't have to constantly worry every time of his surroundings and whether or not he's going to eat the next day. That, that's something that I will forever be grateful for. Well, tell us a little bit more about that experience. What was it like uh, for you presenting that money to him uh, on that particular day? Yeah, so um, what was planned was uh, we, we told everybody, I'm like, okay, so as soon as I'll give you guys the cue to sing happy birthday, and as soon as they're done singing happy birthday, that's when we're going to present the check to him. Mm-hmm. And so we're, obviously, you know, we were behind him, and he had zero idea where we are going to pull out a giant check from. Uh, at first, like, I was kind of nervous, like, man, like, I hope, I really hope he doesn't turn around. Um, and so, yeah, we, we ended up pulling out the check and, um, that's when he turned around and I really wish you guys would have seen his face facial reaction, Mm -hmm. uh, just because, you know, the cameras were turned the opposite way of his reaction. His eyes just glistened out, uh, saw the biggest smile and honestly, I'm a sucker for reactions when it comes to things like this. And so uh, I was just so happy that, uh, you know, I didn't know. Well, at first I was worried how he would react. I was like, man, what if he doesn't take the money? <laughs> and it's like, what do we do now? But um, yeah, he was, he was clearly uh, pretty emotional uh, afterwards. You know, once the cameras were off and we're talking like, Hey, you know, thank you so much. Um, you know, who knew this would have happened in such little time because nobody would really do something like that, what you did. And for me, that ultimately feels really great. Uh, you know, just being able to do something for even an elderly person, because I know for a fact, um, if I were to be in that state, I, I honestly wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. 
um, because I, he was in his car uh, for seven years and literally was with nobody, lived with nobody, just him by himself, 77 years old. And you could only imagine how alone he felt. And just having everybody come together and make him feel at home was probably the best thing I could have ever wished for. And have you talked to Mr. V ever since you gave him that gift? Yeah, we've been we've been keeping in touch. Um, as of now, he's still in the hotel room. He's going to end up moving back, mm. which is kind of disappointing to me because, because, you know, for him, he was kind of that grandpa figure I've never had. Um, unfortunately, I lost both my grandparents, mm-hmm. uh, one of them before I was born, and then one of my other grandparents from my mom's side. Uh, he passed away. I never got to meet him. He lived in Mexico, so... Um, yeah, I never really had that relationship or bond with anybody like that. And so that kind of, I guess, filled the void, you could say. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he, he, he's that grandpa figure that I've, I've never had. And, uh, we've been going out to eat, we've been going out to, uh, just go on a drive or just hang out and talk. Um, he's been giving me advice on, you know, how to do like on life, on how I should spend my younger years because, you know, it's always good to hear all the wise, all the advice and, and wise words from an elderly person. And I completely understand it. Um, and he's been like that best friend pretty much to me now. So, Stephen, before we conclude, is there anything you'd like others uh, to remember about your experience with Mr. V? You know, perhaps something that has to do with helping others. Um, I'd say definitely reach out to anybody who you think is going through something uh, similar to Mr. V. You may never know what their situation is. Talk to them, see how they're doing. Uh, you may make their day. You may even find out somebody that you know or, or is a mutual friend that's going through that same struggle. Uh, or maybe down the road, you'll end up in a similar position, and then you may get that help down the road, too. Um, so since all of this is happening, I've kind of wanted to keep this momentum going and hopefully start a foundation. Uh, what well, what the name of this whole project is called is Stephen Ava's uh, Helping Hand Project. Mm-hmm. And this is more so aimed at towards uh, the homeless, uh, families struggling financially. And then uh, this is also going to bring it back to going back to school uh, with clubs and different uh, programs like sports that are in need of, you know, uh, some financial help, maybe new equipment or students in general, you know, there's, I know because of the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of struggling families that aren't able to provide like pencils, uh, notebooks, just things like that. So how can people get a hold of you if you have any questions about that? So a better way to get a hold of me is through Instagram at Steven Nava, S-T-E-V-E-N, Nava, N-A-V-A underscore. Uh, that's usually where I reply to people the, the fastest. And yeah, so I'm just starting out this project and hopefully it's, uh, we're going to continue to help people out and hopefully change more lives. Steven, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much.